Right. right. Like, like Joey asked me the other day, are you proud of me because we won? I said, no, I'm proud of you because you gave it your all. Dang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's what I want to see in my, especially at this age. Right. You know, now if he's in his twenties and he's giving us all, but he's got no wins. <laughs> well, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Post Lunch. My name is Anthony and I'm here with Kevin. Say hello, Kevin. Hello. I hope you guys had a great lunch because we sure did. Let's talk about that. Today, we went to a place in Longwood, Florida. There's some good spots over there, actually. There is, yeah. I bet you the rent is cheap. It has to be. In that plaza? <laughs> yes. Today, we went to a place called Nick and Luke's. And uh, this is a cool place. It's only open from 10.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Um, and everything about this place feels like a Netflix documentary. <laughs> <laughs> you have to expound on that. Uh, it just it It's like a really clean-looking kitchen. Mm-hmm. This guy is a... Um, he he really cares about the vibe and the plating of his dishes. He's a chef. He's a like chef. Like by trade, he's a yeah, chef. He's yeah, he's legit. This and he owns the place. Yep. Um, cool little fun fact about Nick and Luke's. It's actually named after his sons, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. And he actually rents out his commercial kitchen to yes. other people after 2 p.m. Yeah, so he probably comes in and preps, gets open at 10.30, He's done it too, cleans up. He's probably out of there by three. Yeah. And then through the evening and even into past midnight, his place is still making money. He has people that come in and jar things. Yep. So they cook their stuff and they jar it there. They just need a kitchen to do all that. Mm -hmm. They have food trucks that come and wash their dishes there. So this guy's figured it out. And there's nothing like making money when you're doing nothing. Yeah. This guy does not feel like there's an ounce of stress in his life. No, he's cool. He's he's relaxed. I will say this. If you're looking to um, look look up Nick and Luke's on Yelp or Google or whatever um, platform you use, uh, it is spelled N-I-K and L-U-C-S. Yeah. Not, that, not traditional spellings of those names. Of, of either of them. Right. Either? Either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we actually, we don't usually do this, but um, we both got the same thing. Right. There's no halvesies today. No, we went, when we were at the gym before we went to lunch, mm-hmm. I said, I'm getting whatever's on the special menu. Me too. And because we know that this guy can dangle. That's why. We've been here a few times. We just haven't reviewed it here on the show yet. Um, So I said, whatever's on the little chalkboard, I'm getting it. And today it happened to be a chicken salad with bacon Mm -hmm. on a ciabatta. Mm -hmm. There was lettuce and tomato. It came with a little small side salad. Little side salad. But like fresh with like real lettuce, not iceberg. No, no, no. It was good. There's arugula. There was spring mix. And the the dressing on the salad was like a lemon. Sweet and tangy. Vinaigrette type. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also got a side of like, kind of like home fried potatoes, I think you would call it, mm-hmm. with a chipotle aioli on top. Yes. Um, I have to say, every time I go there, um, I'm not disappointed. Right. And um, everything always is fresh, and you don't feel that weird heaviness after you eat there. No, not at all. It's 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 like you said, it's fresh. It, it's relatively healthy yeah um although he did tell us that he's got a fryer in yes and he's doing a southern fried chicken tomorrow with uh pickles what else he's putting on it anyway it, it sounds incredible i have a lunch appointment so i will not be able to go but i'm hoping you will go in my stead i, I may go in your stead <laughs> and so um if you guys are looking for a nice fresh place to eat yes in, in your this, orlando area in the orlando area yep. this is a great place to go um, for me, based on all the places we've gone so far, this is top five. Okay. Um, I, I just, I, I really enjoy going there. The guy is super nice. Yeah. Um, foodie. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you're not, you're not going to be missing. No. And if we're going Yelp review here, I mean, I, I just would be guilty. I would feel guilty going any less than a five. I mean, this is a five. Yeah. It's, it's freaking yeah. good. dude. This place is clean. Yes. The bathroom's clean. Um, he's, he, if you want a cup for water, you know, with your lunch, he's, he's got a whole water machine over there. You just go get drunk up and yeah. fill it up. I mean, he's just, it's just, it's over, it's, it's a, it's a, a five-star experience. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You should go there guys. Yes. I, I don't know, like taste wise, you said you got your top five. I think there are lunches. I don't know if it cracks my top five for taste, but it's right there. If it doesn't, it's I don't right know, there. I just. Everything there is made with such care. I, I agree. Like I agree. I would be honored to be on his uh, on his on his line. Right. Like I would I would love to cook with that guy. Right. I feel like I would learn a lot. He 
he has like some blended items on his menu that mm-hmm. are like, whoa, okay, so okay, you're doing that. Yeah, it's not always just traditional straight right. up in your face. No, no, it's not like a traditional deli or anything. No, like he that. does cool stuff. He's yeah. like, it's okay to be out of the box there, and um, I truly enjoy going to that place. Anytime you say, hey, you want to go to Nick and Luke's, I'm always like, yeah, I'll go. But what's interesting is it always like kind of surprises us for a moment. Because like I told you today, Nick and Luke's really should be on our two to three week rotation. Right. But there are times where it's like two to three months. I feel like we don't go to that place. I know. And, and it's that's deserving of it. Right. It's mad unfortunate that that that, that happens. But absolutely. Um, so here we go. <clears throat> this is kind of cool. Uh, big news in the, Ho- in the Hockenberry house. Okay. Joseph made the all-star team for baseball. It's about time. I know. <laughs> I just remember just a little while ago, we were wondering um, why he wasn't hitting well. Right. And then all of a sudden, he just started like, he figured it out or something. Yeah, so he... <laughs> private moved... lessons later. Right? <laughs> he uh, went into what they call the rookies in the Babe Ruth division of baseball. So basically, they use this pitching machine. Dude, the ball's coming in at 42 miles an hour. Dang. That's what it's set to. You okay. know, imagine being six years old and you get a 42-mile-an-hour ball coming at you, right? So his first season, he had like two hits the whole time. It, wow. was, it was brutal. And then last year, just started hitting well. You know, it started hitting better and probably is batting 300, 400, which sounds amazing. But in that league, it's it's fine. You know what I mean? Uh, but this year, um, he's batting almost 600. Dang, and, Joey. Yeah. Congratulations, dude. Had a home run in the last game. He's had a couple home runs. And okay. You know, last, year, last, last week was a real home run. He really tagged. It wasn't just a bunch of errors. Like, he right. tagged this ball, put it past the outfielders, and he's just running around the base. And you know what's really cool about Joey is when he crosses the home plate, he he gritties over the he home plate. He hits the gritty hard, bro. Like, And he yeah. has a good gritty that he does. So he is on um, the all-star team. And so that means we're going to travel a little bit this summer okay. for baseball. That's a different world for me. And so um, I was put on a thread with the coaches and all the parents from this all-star team that will travel a little bit this summer. And um, they're called the Sharks. Okay. Yeah. It's the all-star Sharks, which okay. is cool. You yeah. Know, it's very Florida, you know, very fitting, right? But I, I get it. I'm getting older. And so... Uh, when I hear sharks, my first thing is um, I got movie references for days from right from Jaws quotes, okay. not re- not just reference, but quotes. And so last night, you know, the coach gave a rah rah thing on the thread, and at the end, he put "Go Sharks." And then afterwards, I put in parentheses, um, "We're not talking about fishing for bluegills and Tommy Cots. We're talking about working for a living. We're talking about shocking." And then underneath, I put. Sorry, guys, if I'm on a team that's called the Sharks, then, like, you're going to get the Jaws reference once in a while. And all of the people were like, what are you talking about? You know what? I got five little, like, well, they use sharks, <laughs> an actual shark for the, oh, for cool. the like, for, cool. like, the heart. So I got, like, six hearts and six likes. But I wondered because I had kids later in life. So a lot of times, like, my kids, the parents of, like, their friends are in their 30s. Right. So I realized that many of the parents I'm interacting with are millennials. Okay. Some are Gen Xers. Uh, but but many are millennials, and you know the older you get, people don't always see or hear the things you did when you grew up. Right. So it got me thinking of a brand new bit, um, a new segment, a new segment uh, for our show because the reality is everybody needs to see the movie Jaws. Yes. Everybody needs to see the movie Jaws. It's not just about a shark swimming around and eating people. Like that's what you think if you watch the movie when you're eight years old. Right. But when you watch this movie as a grown adult, right? So it got me thinking of a segment for our show called Movies Millennials May Have Missed. Movies Millennials May Have Missed. Jaws. Okay. Here's the thing. Yes, it starts off with a, a, a shark eating, you know, this, this girl that's swimming, you know, at midnight or whatever. Um, but as the movie goes on, they start hunting the shark down. But it's like when the beaches are about to open up on this right. beach up north. It's in New Jersey, right? Uh, no, it's further north. It's like Nantucket or something. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like up in like the um, Massachusetts area or something. And so they they have this whole thing going on where like the mayor's like, we can't shut the beaches down. We have all our economy is coming. Right. <laughs> like all the people spending all this money are coming. We can't shut the beaches down. But they're like, but we got a shark that's a man eater and it's, you know, it's, it's eating these people. So the movie goes on and on. And I'm not going to give it away because this is movies millennials may have missed. I don't want to give the whole movie right. away. But I will say this about Jaws. I'm a dialogue guy. Okay. So for me, like the my favorite part of a movie is always the dialogue. Like I love a well-written right. movie. The last 45 minutes of Jaws yes. has some of the absolute, if not the absolute best dialogue in any movie in the history of movies. The thing is that like even if you've never seen it, you've quoted it without knowing. 
Right. You Like you may have, or you've heard the quote and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was from that movie. Right. So you watch that movie, you're like, oh, that's where that's from? Yeah. The uh, When was this movie made? Do you know? Late 70s. Okay. Yeah. There are some like cinematic innovations that happened. Right. On this movie. Right. Uh, I think this may have been the, the first movie that did that, the parallax zoom where like really the camera is yep. pushing in on a dolly, but zooming out at the same time that like makes the world feel like it's collapsing. Right. And what's the main character's name on that? Um, the guy who's like watching the beach. Ah, uh, it's the cop. I, I forgot his name. name. Whatever yeah. his name is. I, I should have watched the movie before we did this, but. But that's where you see that, that parallax zoom right. happen for the first yes, time. Yes. When he his, realizes. Like, yeah. Yes. That was a great scene. Right. And so, um, Movies all the time do that now, that parallax zoom. And this, if this isn't the first time it's happened, this was like the time where it was like noticed and it was a, right. a big thing. Right. So there is a lot of stuff. And then um, the director of this movie, I believe was Steven Spielberg, wasn't it? it? Is, yes. And that man has a way mm-hmm. of telling a story yeah. through a camera. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen a Steven Spielberg movie that was like, oh, this kind of sucked. Right. He just... Um, He's a freak and he and he loves practical stuff. Right. And so when you're seeing this gigantic shark coming out of the water and biting into boats and all that stuff, like so much of that is animatronic, like physical. It's not nothing CG in this movie. Right. And if there is CG stuff, it's stuff that you're not supposed to notice. Like we painted out the sky a little bit or there was like a thing here. It's like really minimal stuff. And so. When you watch this movie, however many years and decades later, like it holds up. The right. story is strong. Oh my goodness. The cinematic yeah. um, and the the visual effects, yeah. they hold up. You're not looking at it. It's like, oh, that looks horrible. Yeah. I recently was watching a show. I was, I've was i been watching Lost again. Okay. Which yeah. is, it's been out for 20 years. Love like Lost. That. Yeah. A lot of the CG does not hold up right. all these years later. Right. But you go back and watch Jaws and you're like, well, how does this work? Right. How, how come Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park, which is also a um, Steven Spielberg film, how does that one hold? It's because he's using practical effects a lot. In right. That. And there was also a great VFX house that was working on that one too called Industrial Light and Magic, right. which we all love because of yes. Star Wars. So yes. let's keep George going. George Lucas. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I, I was thinking about this and I just felt like I'm... I'm going to be 46 this year. Wow, dude, so you're that's old. old. No, no, you're okay. Whatever. Yeah, your beard's just white. Peak of my life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I just thought, you know, there are <laughs> there are things that I know now, and there's wisdom and things I have in me that I'm passing on to my children, to younger generations. Okay. And some are very deep. Some are very spiritual. But then many of them are just very practical. Going back to the practical word. Um, and I just feel like there are movies, the millennials and Gen Z behind them have missed that they need to see. Remember right. when you lived in my basement for a while? I did. And there were nights I'm like, Anthony, you're watching this movie. Like you've never seen this. You have to see this right. movie. And I think I, I hit on that for the most part every time. Every time. Yeah. Movies I had seen and it endorsed. Yeah. Now we tried some movies that didn't work out so yeah. well. But um, yeah. So this is one of those movies Everybody needs to see it's it's Jaws. It's way more than just about a shark. Well, yeah, it is. And I think, too, like it connects you to the older generation. Also, mm. you have some something to talk about. You have that commonality and things right. like that. Like if all this fails, you know that. Right. Everybody's heard. Da-na, right. Da-na. But the last 45 minutes I'm talking about of dialogue, it puts these three characters together yes. that are so radically different from each other. Mm-hmm. But they have a couple common goals that I won't get into um, that are just... It's unbelievable. Yes. It's, it's just, and every time, it's one of those, th- every time that movie's on, I'm watching it. And the movie poster is probably it's one great. of the most iconic things. Like Iconic. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. There's so, that lady doing the breaststroke on the top of the water. You yeah. see Jaws like. Yeah, he's coming together. Yeah, dude. Dang. Right. So um, I also do this, you know, with uh, with my kids. You know, I make them, I sit them down and watch movies. <laughs> you're sitting down. Yeah. And you're going to watch this. Yeah. I have realized uh, that PG in 1982. Was different. Was way different. Yeah. Uh, and I feel horrible when I sit down and like, oh, you guys got to watch this movie. And we sit down and watch a movie. And like I put on Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. And um, Danny DeVito and have my kids watch it. Bro, 15, 20 minutes in, it was like, oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, it was inappropriate. But it was PG. Yeah, but like... I know, it was bad. So anyway, I felt horrible about that. (laughs) Um, But as a good dad, I make mistakes sometimes, and I own up to them, and I apologize. Yes. Uh, So um, we, you and I were talking earlier today um, about 
you know, what is it that like makes a good dad and these types of things? And we had, we had a dad episode we talked about before right. uh, where you and I talked about how we didn't have our fathers in our life. For sure. Your father left when you were very young. My father passed away when I was very young. So we kind of navigated this thing called life without our dads. Right. Um, but I'm in a season right now that I am just flat out in love with. I mean, I love the season of life that I'm in right now, uh, fathering my kids. And and my kids, you know, obviously they were, you know, babies and then toddlers, you know, and then early elementary. And so my, my kids are now getting older. Uh, Joey's birthday's tomorrow. Julia's is on Saturday. And then Annalise is in less than, it's about two weeks. So all three of my kids are right there. Boom. So they're all about to be. 8, 11, and 12. It's just a different season, right? So Julia did the big Assemblies of God fine arts thing for the first time as a sixth grader. Right. Advanced to nationals for three things. Right. She did a sermon. She did a drama solo, finished sixth in the state, competing against juniors and seniors Let's in high go, schools. Jules. And uh, as a sixth grader, placed sixth and sixth place in our, in our district. And I got to be honest with you, we didn't even work that hard on it. So now right. we've got a couple months to prepare her. So like we're just in the season of like, um, being very involved with my kids and seeing my kids, all the years of things we've been teaching them is now really starting to to, to um, take root and start to blossom even, right. um, both in their character, but then also just in, in life and the things they're doing. Um, and so, like I said, we talked, we had a, a dad episode before, but we thought, let's come back to the whole dad talk for a moment. And let's talk about some things that maybe we feel dad should be doing some things you're doing well, some things maybe I'm not doing some well, you know, things, lessons we've learned. And again, I think it's very important to understand as people that are listening today, you know, we did not go to school for this. Nope. We went through the school of hard knocks. Yes. um, And we are no way perfect at all as fathers. And we don't really prep for this. We had a little conversation earlier today, but that was it. There's no prep work going into this. The prep work has been the last 12 years of fathering Julia and my other two. Right. I, I have three children also. Mm-hmm. I have um, Penny, who is seven, Ava, who is six, and Cece, who will be two um, coming October. And I uh, I think last week or two weeks ago, I had said something flippantly in the office space here. And I said, and, and I'm going to explain this a little bit because I don't mean it the way that I think culture defines this. But like I said, I don't want to be a beta dad. Okay. I said, I want to be an alpha dad. And when I mean that, I don't mean like chauvinistic and like harsh and all that stuff, but like, I'm, I want to be so present. I want to be so level-headed. All, all these things that I think like Mark's a great man. Like I want to lead my children, and my family. Well, I want to, I want to be the one who's praying for them. I, like my kids will know daddy is a, is a Christ follower first before he's anything else. Right. And so, um, in order to display all of those things that I think are attributes of a strong man, that's why I would call alpha, not like, does that make sense? Yeah. When you first told me about it, it sounded kind of arrogant what you were saying, but then as you broke it down, I understood the heart of what you were saying. I don't know. I don't know a different way to say it, but, um, so, so yeah, I, I just, I feel like, um, and you can relate to this because you've had kids who have thrown tantrums and you've had those like sleepless nights and all that crap. Like that crap is so hard in the yeah, moment. Yes. And the older that I'm getting and the more I'm allowing and the more I'm like learning, I'm reading books and all this stuff. Um, I used to let my emotions dictate my response in those moments, you know? Right. I was beta back then. Mm. And now, and I'm not perfect guys by any measure, but now when something like that is happening, I'm finding my response um, to be much more of a godly response, a, a little bit like level headed and like, OK, obviously my daughters need to borrow my peace right now because they're struggling. And so if I come and match that energy of a tantrum and I'm spitting back that same fire that they're spitting at me, what's going to happen? Like there's not going to be fruit from that. Right. Right. So. Yeah, I, I know another thing that's important to you when you talk about this whole like alpha thing, this whole, I think what you're really saying is I really want to be a, a strong, involved father. Absolutely. That's what you're saying. Um, maybe there's more to it than that, but I think that's the gist of it. Another thing that you do that's very important to you, and you've been doing this really a long time, but I think even more so now is um, you're just in the gym a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and you're lifting and you're, you don't do enough cardio, but it's you okay. go hard enough. My heart rate is up there, bro. Right. 
20 minutes, you know, your week right, of, of, you know, running wouldn't hurt, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm preaching to myself as well. But, um, but it's important to you that you're like physically fit to be the man of your home. Yes. And if your kids want to go, if what do they want to learn how to longboard or they want to learn how to, you know, um, slap a puck. Is that how you would say that? Yeah. Take a should, shot. Yeah. And I like, I want to. My girls are going to learn how to surf. We have a surfboard we got last season. Right. It's almost beach season again. And if I can't paddle out there and help them, like. Right. If they're like getting sucked out in there. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) bro, you need, I have to be like, I need to show up for them. And I'm going to be 35 this year. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't want my 40s to sneak up on me. And I really just like, because I think it's harder the older you get. I'm I'm noticing that. It is. Just even where I'm at now. It's just like, Wow. This is like lifting is harder and, you know, my metabolism is drastically slowing. Everything changes. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. But and I know when I was I had 40 coming, like especially the year or two really leading up into 40, I was like, I'm going to be the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And right. I was I went into my 40s like the craziest, the healthiest I've ever been. Um, of course, COVID hit and kind of messed me up and got me off track a little bit. Um, but I will say this. Um, I, I think my life would be a nightmare if I didn't look at. 40 the way I did, I think right. I would have been even more of a mess. Um, not that I'm, a, I'm physically a mess right now. That's not what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> clear. But I think that I'd be in a, an even a worse physically fit. I just need to hit it hard in the gym for like three months and I'll be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just need that rhythm. I need that rhythm. I need to get it going. But I think had I not taken that 40 mark seriously, that, that could have been a problem. So I have developed a three-step process. <laughs> Uh, it's not, no, it's not like that, but I, there are, there are, um, some words that I asked the Holy spirit to give me mm-hmm. in the way that I parent my daughters. Right. Um, and guys, this is not a, I think from what pastor Kevin and I are both saying, like what I do may or may not work for you or your family. I'm just letting you in on how the Holy spirit is leading me and how I'm trying to implement what he's telling me to do. Um, but I have these, like these three P's. I want to be present. I want to be patient and I want to be persistent with my girls. Right. And so like being present, I think is like, and we can unpack these three P's if you want to, but being, um, I think being present is so important, especially with your daughters. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't have a son, but I'm sure it is also as important with, with your son too. And I just think like they need consistency. They need to see daddy at home. Like I, I try to start my day. As soon as I drop my girls off, I go home, I get dressed, mm-hmm. I take them to school. I, I like get ready for my day. I come into work early. I start, I start my day early here so that I can be home by four 30. Mm. I want to play in the yard with my girls. Right. I want to help them do their homework. Right. I want to cook dinner with them like i want them in the kitchen with me right i want if they're going to jump on the trampoline i want to be on the trampoline with them Uh, if they want to go ride bikes like i want to be present in in whatever season they're in right now right now my kids are like little elementary kids so like that just looks like being into what they're into right my kids my girls love slime and making like Mm -hmm. all that stuff they love um coloring they like building little forts out in the living room and like bringing all their stuffed animals out and doing stuff like that. So right now, do I necessarily love doing that? No, I, like <laughs> whatever. But I just, I need to be into what they're into. I need to be present in their, right. in their present, right? And so for me, I've been really, um, I've been really focused and um, I, I guess like intentional about making sure like I have hard boundaries with work. I don't bring work home. I don't bring my laptop home. It's it's nice that I have a laptop, but I don't bring it home with me. Right. I don't bring um I don't anything that happens at the office or what happens for my remote work. I don't I don't even bring that into like kitchen talk or um even just talking with my wife unless it's something like cool. That right. Happens. But like I just really I I decided like I'm going to be present with my with my wife and with my children. Mm-hmm. And that means being into what they're into in this season. Right. No, no, that's, that's good stuff. And, um, I think I, I do want to take a moment and pause, um, and just really encourage single moms out there. Mm. You know, if there's any single moms that are listening, because the reality is, is if you've been listening to this podcast, and you're a single mom, you might've turned us off a while ago. Um, but if we do have some single moms that have made it to this part, 
um, I just I want to take a moment and just encourage you. Um, although I do believe, you know, um, God has set up and ordained a family structure that when we hit that mark, it's just the best way to raise children, you know, having a man and a woman in a house, a father and a mother in a house, um, raising children. There are things that I give my kids that Stacy can't, and there are things that Stacy gives my kids uh, that I can't. Right. Um, however, both of us were raised in single parent homes with single mothers, and here we are. We're doing okay. And so I will say that uh, God uh, can and will be your portion, the portion that's missing. For sure. And he will provide for you. You know, we talked about uh, earlier today before this podcast, just how um, both of our moms got us involved with sports. Yes. Um, As I'm raising children, especially my son, but my girls also, um, they need to be able to throw a baseball, throw a football. They need to be able to catch a football. They need to be able to catch a baseball. Um, Joey's got a young man in his life that this kid just plays video games constantly, and he cannot catch a ball thrown to him. Yeah, that's horrible. It, it's just, it's, yeah, and he's got a father. You know what I'm saying? He's got no reason not to um, be able to do that, but that was just was just a thing. The father just lets him play video games and is what it is, and, and this young man, if things don't change, will grow up to be a husband one day that will just play video games all night long while his wife is begging for intimacy and attention. So right. for me, I made the decision that my kids are going to be, they're going to play outside. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast yet or not, but but recently, a few weeks ago, um, I took Minecraft away. Have I said this yet? Yeah, you said um, it's the best thing that you've done in a while. Yeah, so I took it away for three months um, last year. Um, I, I brought it back into the house, and then all of a sudden, my kids just play Minecraft like absolute crazy. And um, just they'll, they'll play. If I let them go, they'll play for hours and hours and hours mm. and hours. Minecraft is not like the games you and I had growing up. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, we had Zelda. We had some games that might take some time. But um, nothing like these games these kids play today. They're designed to keep you on the game playing. Right. You know what I mean? And so I just don't want that. I want my my son when he he you know takes the hand of a bride one day in marriage and makes a, a covenant vow with her that he will be present. What is it? Persistent and patient and patient with his wife, with his yeah. kids. And so I I do the best I can to try to display that. I fall short, um, but I do the best I can to display that with my wife, with my with my kids. We try to go out. We try to do things. Try to go on adventures. Um, but that's just so important. Um, but I started that by saying, you know, just really encouraging the single mom um, because, man, God's got you. And and so our parents put us involved, you know, with some sports and some different things when we were younger um, because I think, one, um, my mom knew that sports was a good thing for a young man. Yeah. I think there are two things that are great for a young man, especially a young man that doesn't have a dad, uh, sports and Jesus. Right. <laughs> you know, I think Jesus gives, a, gives us a real... Um, a good foundation of character and integrity, a respect for faith, a respect for God, um, you know, and then sports give us a real respect for sportsmanship, uh, learning how to lose. Taking the L. Taking the L, learning how to win with yep. grace and, 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 and not be arrogant. And so I think if we, any young man that's raised with sports and Jesus has got a real good chance of, 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 of succeeding. Um, but again, single moms that are listening, you know, just trust the Lord. Try to get your young man around other godly men. I think that's what my mom tried to do with um, in the church, but also, you know, uh, in sports. But the reality is, is back in whatever it was, maybe the 80s, 90s, um, media really started going after the dad hard. I've talked about this before, where when you look at the father figures of like in TV and movies right. of like the, the 50s and 60s and 70s, you know, the 70s things, things, things start to change a little bit. And you start mm-hmm. getting like a guy like Archie Bunker and some of these guys. Um, but by the time we got into the 90s, it was Al Bundy. It's Homer Simpson. Right. Now we got, you know, Peter Griffin uh, came out in the was it 2000s, 2000s probably. Yeah. And they're just ha- they're just media has been putting its foot on the throat of fatherhood for years. Yeah. And I just really believe um, in the value of a father in a home. Um, I just think that we bring something to the table that, uh, that that a woman doesn't. It's interesting, too. Like, So I'll be outside playing with my girls, and our neighborhood is getting younger. So it was predominantly like old older couples and stuff. They like bought 
all of the houses in our neighborhood when they were all built in the 80s, 84 or whatever. But I'll be out there um, and these guys will drive by and I give them the old dad wave, like, hey, what's up? Mm. And you'll see they'll get home and they'll take their kids out. Yeah. They see me playing outside with my kids. They're like, I'm going to play outside with my kids. Yeah. And so I think a strong, a strong father, a strong male presence in a neighborhood is only going to elevate the water table for everybody around. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, um, so you're out there playing catch with Joey, right? And then there's this kid who doesn't know how to catch. Like, well, if this guy's, if this guy's not able to throw a ball with his kid for whatever reason, maybe, maybe his dad never did that with him. And this kid starts to drift over into your yard a little bit. And you're like, Hey dude, like, let me show you how to throw a ball real fast. Absolutely. You know, yeah. like yeah. the old saying, it takes a village. It really does. And so, um, going on to that, that next P was, um, uh, was patience. So we, we talked about, um, presence and patience. You know, I read this book, um, last year and it might've been the best read for me, which was strong father, strong daughters. I, like I said, I have girls and how we parent our children, especially our daughters. That's who they're going to look to for a man Absolutely. in the future. So if I'm like, if I'm not patient, if I'm angry, if I'm short tempered, if I'm brash, if I'm all these things, like my girls are going to say, oh, that's how my dad treated me. It's okay for Joe Schmo to treat me like this, you know? So, um, and when you really think about it like that, I'm setting a standard um, or like the picturesque male role in their life. I'm setting that. I can't be mad when they're out with some yo-yo, right? Like it's a Rocky <laughs> reference. Mm-hmm. I can't be mad because uh, was I being a yo-yo? Was I being an idiot? Was I doing like, so um, when it comes down to the patience thing, it's like, I will, um, I think I have a tendency on my own with anger, you know, just mm-hmm. being transparent. It, if it's not going my way because I, I feel like I have a better solution or whatever, maybe it's a controlling thing and I'm learning to get to the root of all that stuff. But if I respond to them in anger or I have a short temper, um, the old saying is you reap what you sow. And so like now, now when I see my older daughters and they like, snap at or clap back at me because like, well, I planted that in them. Right. The only way to reverse that is to like really be intentional and be patient. So in a moment when they're in their emotions or they're feeling like they're losing control and they can't self-regulate, I have to step in and say, borrow my peace for a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be patient with you. Like you may want to throw something at me. You want to scream at me or whatever, like, but I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to sit with you in your mess until you can take a breath and, and come out from wherever you're, wherever you're stuck at right now. Right. right. And so, um, just that patient thing. And, and, and I think also, um, I think our tr- children are looking at how we respond in moments of stress within our own, whatever we're dealing with. Right. Like for instance, let's say, um, the car doesn't start, right. Did I just flip out and yeah. like lose my, my, yeah. my everything? Or is I like, did I, oh man, okay, let's take a breath. Let's yeah. figure this out. Let's, let's <laughs> like approach it with peace. Here's what's funny, dude. <laughs> Here's what's funny. And you'll see this as your girls get older. Maybe you've seen this already, but like for me, I didn't see it much until my girls got older. So when your girls are like seven, they're just like looking at you and listen to what you're saying. And maybe they, they act out or right. whatever, but... But like when you display like bad behavior, they might say, daddy, you shouldn't do that or whatever. But it really starts turning into like them coaching you. <laughs> so I went to Magic Kingdom yesterday with with my daughter. Okay. With my daughters. And we got Aladdin parking in 207. I don't know what I, that means. I'm going to explain. Okay. It's really close. You don't have to get on the tram. Oh, you're just walking right to the you're gate. You're walking right to the, well, to the gate. Then you have to jump on a monorail and all that right, stuff. Whatever. But, like, but I don't have to get the tram. To, to be taken to the to the gate. Okay. I've never had this parking before. Like, I'm pumped. How did you unlock this? Just got here early. Oh, okay. Just super early. We were, we were at Disney World by 8 o'clock or whatever. Okay. Uh, so, it was awesome. You know, and the guy's like, all right, just go right there. And on I'm a like, Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was just like, oh, cool, man. So, um, the end of the day, like, my feet were barking, bro. Like, the dogs were barking. I was in so much pain in my feet. And I had, like, that sciatica thing was starting to act up. So, like, oh, bro, I was, I was hurting. So, we <laughs> leave... The parking lot, 
I mean, we leave the, the gate and we start walking towards the car. And I just walked in the wrong direction. I, I pull up my, my, my car remote. I start pushing, you know, hoping the kids hear the bang, 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 right. you know, nothing. And I noticed like we're in section 300. And I was so mad because my feet were hurting so bad. Okay. And I had a great parking spot. Right. That I blew it. Like I blew it. You know what I mean? Like I got a great parking spot and, and I couldn't just walk right to it. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, I was like, where the heck, you know, I'm like, where's the car? And I'm like, and, and the whole time, Annalise, daddy, it's okay. Daddy, take a deep breath. You're going to be okay. We're going to find the car. That wasn't like that right, mad. Right, right, I wasn't right, right. going to like hurt anything. That wasn't like that. But it was just, I was showing my frustrations and my daughters have learned to like, let me, let me um, share my peace with you now, daddy. <laughs> you were <laughs> borrowing their peace. Yeah, I was borrowing their peace. Let me help you, daddy. You know, so it's funny to see like the kids kind of grow from like, you know, age into a, a season where they start like holding your hand. And, yeah. You know, and so it's cool because that's all the lessons I've been teaching them. Right. You know, and Stacy's been teaching them. And now they're starting to pay off, you know, as as they're growing You're older, which is, which is really cool. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, but, you know, I think when you talk about a strong father, there could be a strong father that's listening right now. That's like, well, I'm a strong father. Um, but I think what makes that would be an interesting, really, maybe we can end with that, like what makes you a strong father. But it's not the fact that you just loud and vocal and drive a big truck and you know you're got you know your muscles and you know right. whatever it is i mean that's not the stuff that makes you a strong father um we we got a kid that was on our baseball team last year and he's on a different team this year um good little ball player but every time the kid makes a mistake his parents run him from the sidelines from the from from the, the bleachers whatever They're like what are you doing get your head in the game rah, rah, rah. and um and this kid cries. He cries when he makes a mistake. Mm. He cannot make a mistake. And so I think this father probably thinks I'm a strong father. I'm involved in my kid's life. I take him to baseball. We play baseball together. We practice baseball. We play We play catch together. And in his mind, he's probably thinking I'm a strong father. But the reality is he's, he's raising a weak son. Dang. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so um, we played his team this past weekend. And my son Joey... Um, told Stacy after the game, she's like, hey, how was the game? Whatever. He's like, oh, you know, my son's like, oh, so-and-so was there. And Stacey's like, oh, well, how was that? Because we had a very... Yeah, there was an odd thing. It was worse than odd. We had an explosive thing that happened with this family last, right. last year, which maybe one day we'll talk about, but it was horrible. Um, so we were wondering, like, what will this be like seeing them again? And um, my son Joey said, you know, mom, every time he made a mistake, he cried. And I just felt bad for him. You know, so if he struck out, he cried. If he made an error in the field, he cried, whatever it is. And I just thought, my God, this kid's like eight years old. And he can't make a mistake. Mm. I think a strong father is like, let's throw some words out there, right? Graceful, shows grace. Yeah. Tender. Yep. Like that doesn't mean though that like you're getting away with stuff. Right. You know, you're, you're a disciplinarian, but like in a good way. Right. In a healthy way. I mean, spitball some stuff, man. Like what is the stuff? What is stuff? Like I said, that guy's a good dad. You know, what would you say? Patience, like you said? Yeah, patient. I think a good dad also knows how to take take the L. Like if, if I get into, uh, if I, let's say I lost my temper. Right. I am in that moment saying, hey, I blew it. Right. I need, and I get down on my knee. You yeah. talked about this on, on yeah. Sunday a little bit yeah. too. Like I get do- down and I get eye to eye with my kids. I don't look down at them. Right. I get down on their When on it's their something level. important, yep. you try to get down on their eye level. And yep. I look at them in the eye and say, daddy blew it right there. Right. I lost my temper. Right. I, I need you to forgive me when you're ready to forgive me. But how I just spoke to you or how I treated you was inappropriate and unkind. And I don't want to be that way. Right. Please forgive me. And I'm seeing this the little glimmer of hope right now in my oldest because she'll blow up or something mm-hmm. and she'll be like, oh, Daddy, I'm sorry. Yeah. I blew it. And so, like, I think like a a strong father is someone who who recognizes, man. I made a mistake there. They don't just like gaslight or try to dig themselves out of owning whatever their mistake was. Or blame was. the kid or for blaming. everything. Yes. Like, hey, little Jimmy, like, all right, dude, pick pick your head up. Mm-hmm. You give it your all, right? Did you give it your all? Right. Yeah, dad, I did. All right. You're going to get another shot in like 15 more minutes or whatever. Right. Like, like Joey asked me the other day, are you proud of me because we won? I said, no, I'm proud of you because you gave it your all. Dang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that's what I want to see in my kids, especially at this age. Right. You know, now if he's in his 20s and he's giving us all, but he's got no wins. <laughs> <laughs> get, no. get it together. But, but you know Joe. what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what I really, like, want to acknowledge is that, dude, you're giving it your all. And I think the other thing, though, I see this on the baseball field. Dude, I could do a whole parenting clinic on right. stuff I see on the baseball field. 
Uh, it's interesting to see parents and then of and, and other parents, right? So like not just the kids' parents, but like all the other parents that are there. It's interesting to hear the things they say to their kids when they strike out. Right, so you have this guy who's He's like, like you suck. Yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game could drive the ball. All this stuff, right? Because like, ah, he's freaking out. Um, but then it's interesting to see how many parents pat their kids on the back and say, "That's okay, buddy. You did so good." No, no, you. He, he didn't do good. He struck out. Yeah, that's doing bad. Right now, what is good is I saw an improvement in his swing. He made some contact. He fouled the ball off. Right. So a lot of times when kids fail in baseball, I'm not telling them they did good because they're like, bro, I've watched kids like make that face, you know, like, you know, hey, you did good, bud. They're like, no, I didn't. I right. made a huge error and cost us the game. That's not doing good. Right. Right. So I see a lot of parents telling their kids they did good when they didn't do good. Right. No, you say, hey, buddy, I see your effort. You know what I'm saying? That was a um, good try. That was a good try. Yeah. You know, let's stay focused. Man, we're going to get them next. I point to next time all the time. Mm. Hey, man, I need you. Because I'll see a kid, they'll start breaking down. They struck out. They're crying. And I'm like, hey, get your head in the game because I need you right now. Your teammates need you in right. this field right now. You're And I tell them all the time, you're a good ball player. And I tell that to kids all the time. Right. I got this kid right now. He was hitting really well in the first half of the season. And he just can't hit the blind side of a barn right now. Right. I mean, I don't know what happened from just one game to the next. And every time he gets up there, I said, dude, you got this. You know, you're a good hitter. Do you know you're a good you ball speak player? speak life into them. Dude, you speak life. You encourage. So yeah. there's both those sides, right? It's, yeah. that, it's that everybody gets a trophy side. And then it's, you know, whatever that toxic masculinity side <laughs> is as well. Right. You know? Um, but anyway, um, any final thoughts? Do you have another P you want to get yeah, into? Yeah. Or? The the other one is persistence. I think you just you ha- you have to be um, repeatable. You can't change you can't change on a whim, right? Like let's let's say for for instance, like you set a you set a boundary with your kids, and you're like, hey, if you do this, this is what the consequence is, right? Right. And then like the next time they do that infraction again, and you just you don't do the same consequence. They, they need consistency. They, Absolutely. They need you to be persistent. They need yes. you to like show up re- repeated in a way that is measurable. The reason why kids watch um, the same movie over and over again and they watch the same shows, the same episode over and over again is because they like the predictability. Right. They need to predict that daddy is constant. He's persistent. He's going to be present with me. They like to watch the same movie and they like to say the same words because it makes them feel safe. They feel like they're in control because they know what's coming next. A lot of times when I'm showing my kids a new movie, a new movie comes out, um, a few minutes in, my girls are like, oh, I don't know, daddy. I don't know if I want right. to watch this. It's like, right. you got to like let it play out and right. sit there with them. It's like introducing a new song to them. Absolutely. So yeah. being persistent. Like if my kids fail and fail and fail again, they need to know daddy's going to be there. Daddy's going to be there. Daddy's going to be there. I'm not always going to rescue them, right? But I'm gonna—I'll be there with well, you. He's going to be there, and his emotions will be predictable. Yeah. So this is really one of the most basic leadership lessons right. out there. There's nothing like working for a boss who you don't know <laughs> what you're going to get. What version are you going to get today? Yeah. Did you make a mistake, or right. you know, you got to go tell your boss? And like, I love being able to go to my boss and be like, oh, "Dude, you know, whatever," or "Ma'am," or whatever. Like, I blew it. I did this wrong. And they're like, "Hey, man, okay." What do we got to do to fix it? What do we got to do so that this doesn't happen again? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. But there's nothing like working for someone that's just like, you know, let me tell you something. I had a bad morning this morning and I don't want to get into this right now with you and you better go, you yeah, know, like, like that kind of stuff. Roulette it's like roulette every time. Yeah. And so no, or you get, oh, don't worry about it. Like, it's just, it's un- it's an unstable environment. Right. Right. And so I think parenthood is very similar. We want to try to do the best we can to provide stability, stability emotionally. Yeah. Right. So if my kid comes to me like, oh, you know, I threw a baseball through the neighbor's window. You know, it can't be what you did. What? What did I tell you? You idiot. You, know, you start doing stuff like that. It's like your kids, one, not going to come to you anymore, yeah. you know, but but two, they need to know like, all right, I'm I'm I'm. My dad told me not to do this. So I'm right. probably going to get grounded or something. I'm going to, there's going to be a discipline, but he's going to love me through this. He's going to show me. He's going to teach me. He's going to talk to me. He's going to encourage me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, but being consistent is huge yeah. or persistent. However you want to say it. I have one more. It's a bonus P and we could just do this one and walk away from it. It's preparedness. You have to have a plan. Okay. Okay. Like you need to have a strategy. Talk with your wife, get on the same page. Have to be on you the same page. You have to have a plan. Yeah. You have to know what's going to, how am I going to respond or what's going to be our course of action if this happens? You can't walk into a situation on the back foot. Right. You cannot do that. So being prepared, uh, a prepared parent is a safe parent. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's predictable. All these P's, there's all the, right. the, all the P's of parenting, right? And so um, just being prepared. And if you don't have a starting point um, and you're like, I don't have a plan. I don't know what to do. I was like, okay, like get your Bible out mm-hmm. and like <laughs> read the Proverbs. Or, or Philippians. Yes. I'm trying to think about the books that start with P. <laughs> oh, true, true. <laughs> Psalms. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you could start with Proverbs. Like that's a great starting point for like setting the metric of how you want to parent. Like yeah. you want to parent with wisdom. You don't want to be labeled as the fool. Yeah. Right. And so like if if you need that. Also, um, make sure you have friends. Don't be one of those dads who just like comes home and sits on uh, on the chair by yourself. And that's right. how you do your life. And like all you ever do is hang out with your wife and kids like yeah that's great but like you you need friends yeah i i know you want to end on that let's end on this because that just brings up one thing to me that I, it, it kills me with, with some of the parenting i see today um once you i see so many parents that once they have a child their life is now about their life mm. is over and their life is about that child yes you have to show your kids <clears throat> how to live on adventure you're yes. the first one to show to, for them to learn and i'm not talking about just going on some cool hike at some nature preserve um but i'm talking about son my time's not up just because you're here right you know what i'm saying um and so i'm going to live on an adventure i'm going to start a new business right i'm going to create something uh i'm going to i'm going to start taking salsa classes you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i'm going to do something for myself i'm going to do something for my wife um you know we may move and sell our house and move to another part of the country or another part of the city because you know that's what i want this is a better opportunity for me and when your kids grow up you know witnessing their father you know, their mother living out their own dreams and adventures. Now, this yes. doesn't mean you're not fueling their stuff. Absolutely. Dude, you're putting a baseball bat in their hand. You're getting them to the lessons, sure. getting them the keyboard, piano lessons. I mean, all that stuff. Um, but, at, but at the end of the day, this is, I'm, I, I'm not dead at 32 years old. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I've got a life ahead of me. I remember, you know, we moved our family from Virginia to Florida in the middle of a pandemic, left everything we knew behind to go to a part of the country we'd never been to. I grew up in right. South Florida, but not Central Florida. And I remember my boy John telling me, John Hernandez, we had here on the cast on the pod not too long ago. Um, he says, you're, you've, you showed your daughter how to live on an adventure. Yeah. And one day when she's in her 20s or 30s and she's married and her husband says, honey, this is crazy, but I really feel like God is calling us to do this. She'll say, let's do it. Because she was taught right. she how to it. live. She survived one already. Right. She was taught how to live on adventure and, and what that looks like. And that's right. that's just huge. Um, and there's so much stuff we could talk about when it comes to these things. But um, I think at the end of the day, get your kids in church. You know what I mean? We've got our kids playing all-star baseball, but you know what? There's not a lot of Sundays involved. Right. Um, my kid will not miss much church this summer at all. Um, now, when he's a teenager, if he shows a lot of talent, I understand you got to start figuring out what that looks like. But an eight-year-old should not be on a baseball field every every Sunday. Right. It just shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I see so much in, in even some of the baseball world I'm in now. It's like they just don't, they're, they're teaching their kids. Um, it's okay to skip church to go play baseball. And it's like, dude, your kid's eight years old. He's not the next Mickey Mantle yet. Right. And the reality is most people don't start playing baseball until they're 12 anyway. So, mm-hmm. and a lot of the major leaguers didn't start playing baseball until they're 12, you know? So, man, get your kids in church, get them around Jesus, get them around Christ followers. It's so important. Um, and just, you can start today, dads. Absolutely. Start today, bro. E- like, even if your kid's 15 years old. Bro, just like put your phone down for a second mm-hmm. and be like, go get ice cream with them or, right. hey, what are you into right now? You want to go shopping? You want to like do do anything. Just right. show up. Yeah. You don't have to change everything about you right now, but like just start to make a little change. A 5% change is going to pay dividends over time. Absolutely. So. Um, okay. Well, as we come to a conclusion here, I did want to bring this to your attention. Um, cause you're a millennial, right? Yeah. On paper. <laughs> one of the things I appreciate about millennials, I appreciate lots of things about millennials. Thank you. Um, but one of the things I appreciate about millennials is, and sometimes it's annoying, but it's also cool. You, your people, now not you, I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> um, like to celebrate everything, right? Like I'd never heard of what a golden birthday is. Do you know what a golden birthday? I have no idea what that is. I think it's when you turn 30. I think it's called the golden birthday or something. Mine was bronze, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But millennials will celebrate everything and anything. Like Halloween is no more like a kid's celebration. Like it's a full-blown adult celebration now. Um, They have all these like, yesterday was like National Hug a Plumber Day. 
it's just weird. They got all these holidays. Facebook's created a lot of this stuff. And, and millennials love to get into stuff. And like, like even like wedding proposals, like you can't like just get on your knee anymore. And you know, will you marry me? Uh, you gotta have a cameraman around. Yeah. You, you gotta know? have like a jet flyover. All that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't, then she's going to say no. Right. You know, whatever. The pressure. Um, yeah. The pressure. But like millennials really like, like to celebrate a lot, which I think is, I think it's cool. Yeah. I, you know what grinds my gears though about them? What's that about them? <laughs> <laughs> is they celebrate a birthday month. It used to just be a week. Now it's a it's my birthday month. Who do you think you are? First of all, it's a birthday. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You get all of November, Anthony. Right. You yeah. just, you're going to just like, what, right. do you, what does that look like? Right. Give right. me a gift every day. What, yeah. Like, who? And, and, and you're in November. Yeah. So what, where's Thanksgiving involved with all this? Yeah. You better, you better pause it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or for dessert, putting a birthday cake instead of pumpkin pie. I just like, I can't, I, I can't get behind that. And I, I think this. it's self-absorbed. I think like, dude, like. Great. We're glad you're here on this planet. Right. Thank you for contributing yeah. to the team Love of you. society. Yeah. Your birthday was on November 10th in 1988. Great job, buddy. Right. No, I agree. But that's your people. Millennials, they, they celebrate all this. They, they're the I ones that I can't with that. I know. So um, <laughs> so do you know what this Sunday is? I, Speaking of things to celebrate. Let's go. This Sunday is halfway to Halloween. So we celebrate that? Like, what do you get, a pumpkin? Guaranteed there will be movies on Hallmark Channel this week, like the like to do the Hallmark Christmas movies, I guarantee you they'll be so just one day on QVC, Sunday. I don't know, maybe maybe be the weekend. I gosh man, QVC will break out all their Halloween stuff for the 2023. No way. So I gotta be honest with you, I kind of like it. No, I will probably do a fall meal this Sunday. No way. Yeah. What are you gonna do? I haven't done pot roast in a while. You know what? There's always time for pot roast. Right. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. <laughs> like, like, like like one of those like home, like um, what do they call the comfort meals? Like a soup? Maybe I'll do like a pumpkin pie. Of course, it'll be 92 here in Central it'll be Florida. It's like melted. Yeah, it'll be all raining outside. But anyway, so anyway, I know like you're, you're, you know, it's a big deal now. Halfway to Halloween. And you know what next month will be? I think it's next month or soon. Halfway to Christmas. Oh, gosh. Yep. And then, and then of course, there's Christmas in July. Which is a big deal. We started celebrating Christmas in July in Hockenberry. You guys, so that's, no. Were you there? Did you go? No, I didn't go. Thank God I wasn't invited. It was.